Today, the fourth Sunday of Lent is traditionally called Laetare Sunday, after the first word of the introit, the entrance antiphon, Laetare, in Latin translating to English, rejoice. So Holy Mother Church asks us to rejoice this day. And Laetare Sunday is unlike any other Sunday of Lent. The parishes, the churches are allowed to do certain things, which they're not normally allowed to do during the other days of Lent. And today is one of only two days in which uh, the priest is allowed to wear rose-colored vestments. They're not pink. <laughs> not pink. Rose. Rose is the liturgical color. And the church allows the celebrant, the priest, to do this in order to remind the people that today we should rejoice because Easter is near. We're halfway, over halfway through Lent now. And so we're called to, to rejoice. Now this may seem ironic given the current crises happening, happening throughout our nation and our world today, which are affecting many, many people. And I think that if most people were asked to rejoice, they would ask you why. Why should I rejoice? Aren't you aware of the world falling apart around us? Many people today, they're gripped with fear and uncertainty. Many people are facing financial hardships. Many people have Many people are struggling in, in relationships, either with relatives or close family or with um, friends. And many people today, they've placed their hope and trust in governments, institutions, economics, science, possessions, miscellaneous structures within society only to be let down time and time again. And they're disappointed. Many people would struggle to find a reason to rejoice today. Well, in the gospel, we hear of a very important and profound miracle which Jesus conducts. He gives sight to a man who was born blind. Truly a miracle. I can't imagine what that must have been like for that man. Because he'd been experiencing, he'd been interacting and taking in the world through his other four senses all of his life, and he's grown. But now he can see the sun, the sun in the sky. Before he could just feel its warmth. Now he can... He can see what an apple looks like. He can see the color in it. Before he could taste it and feel it. This truly is a significant and important miracle. The light of the world, Jesus Christ, he opens the man's eyes to allow natural light in to give him sight. And that's how sight works, right? The sun will illuminate something, the, the rays of the sun, the, 
the light will bounce off of an object and then those reflections will enter into our eyeball through the rods and cones, be um, changed into uh, messages to our brain, which will form an image and give us the ability to see. So Jesus, answer, Jesus opens this man's eyes to allow natural light to come in so that he can see. But the man not only sees the world, the physical world around him, but more importantly, he's now able to also see the spiritual realities in the world. Because towards the end of the, of the gospel today, the man acknowledges Jesus as Lord. There's not many people in the scriptures, in the gospels, which call Jesus Lord. There's not too many. This is one of them. Because Jesus opens the eyes of his heart and of his mind and of his very soul to see that Jesus truly is the Son of God. He's the Messiah, the Anointed One, the one which the prophets had foretold. And the man now, he believes. He says to Jesus, I do believe, Lord. We also hear in the Gospel that that Jesus Christ came into the world so that those who do not see might see. And he's not just talking about the physically blind. He's talking, I think, more importantly about those who are spiritually blind. And Jesus came into the world so that all of us can have this gift of spiritual sight. Whenever we hear Jesus described as the light of the world, we should ask ourselves that question, right? Who is the light of my world? Who is the light of my life? You know, by which light am I able to see? And that's going to determine uh, what the world looks like. In Afghanistan, uh, many of the flights I was on and the helicopters were at night. It's actually a little bit safer, less people shooting at you because they couldn't see because all the lights in the helicopter were off. And in Afghanistan, there's, there's very little infrastructure, especially outside the, the larger cities. I mean, there, there's hardly any artificial light at all at night. And I remember flying one night in uh, southeastern Afghanistan near the Pakistani border. And it was dark. There was no moon out at all. There's stars. So you could see uh, uh, some things just from the starlight, but no moonlight. No artificial lighting, and we're flying along, and we're flying over. I knew we were flying over a, a mountain ridge, which was over 10,000 feet high. And it was a very unusual sensation. I think it's kind of like being on uh, uh, Magic Mountain, Disneyland, with no lights inside. Because your body, your body is telling you that your body is in motion. Your body is moving around, but your eyes are telling you something completely different. Your eyes can't see any movement at all, so it's, it's quite complex, and it, it plays a trick on your brain. But I was uh, looking out the window, and I, once again, I couldn't see anything until um, I, knew where, I knew where high. And uh, I looked down at one point, and I could see trees like 50 feet under us. We're doing probably 130, 140 knots over this mountain range, and the trees are right there. A little bit of snow. Well, the pilots could see just fine because they had night vision goggles. 
which work through infrared light. So those goggles capture this infrared light and, and, and turn it into a, a, a visible light for uh, the pilots to see. Otherwise, we would have been in a, in a significant danger. Well, the same principle is true in our spiritual life. If we want to see the supernatural, we have to have supernatural light. If we want to see the divine, we have to have divine light. And if Jesus Christ is the light of my world, then I will be able to see these spiritual realities around me. I will be able to see God working in my life. I will be able to know God's holy will. I will be able to know and recognize the traps, the temptations, the ambushes, which the evil one, the devil, has laid out before me. I will be able to know God's providential love and mercy. But if someone or something else is the light of my world, then I'm not going to be able to see these things. And the world will appear very differently. If we're not looking at the world through the lens of the gospel, and the word gospel means good news. So if we're not looking at the, at the world through the lens of, of the good news of Jesus Christ, the gospel of our Lord, the world is going to look pretty bad. And it does for many people. Many people, they'll go their entire life without being able to see the spiritual realities. You probably know some people. I know many. Their eyes have not been opened. They're living in this spiritual numbness, this spiritual blindness. And they've never really allowed Jesus Christ to be the light of the world. And that's why there's so many people today living in great fear, in great uncertainty, and great anxiety. We need to remember that Jesus prophesied that there will be wars, there will be insurrections, there will be natural disasters, and even plagues in our world. But he promised that nothing, nothing would prevent us from receiving the gifts which he has promised to give to us. So I think that we have a very important decision to make, and that decision is, who is the light of my world? Who is going to give sight to me? Who or what will be the light which guides my words, my, my thoughts, and my actions? Because if it's not Jesus Christ, then we're going to be walking in spiritual darkness and uncertainty and desolation. So many people in our world are doing just that right now. But if Jesus Christ is the light of my world, if he is the light of your world, then we will experience true hope in times of desolation, true peace in times of strife, and true joy in times of sorrow. And we will be able to do what St. Paul says, to rejoice at all times and in all circumstances. Praise be Jesus Christ.